Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Right, here we go. What you think about. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. Uh, if you enjoyed our opening music, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band. And you can download that at any of your favorite music platforms. It features my Adore, and they are so kind to um, donate proceeds of that song to Alzheimer's Speaks so that we can further our work. For those of you that are new to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, I'm Lori LeBay, and I was a daughter of a mom who lived with dementia for 30 years. And so I really felt this need to put out some platforms to connect people to real authentic voices. And so our show is what I say is about sound information. Now, we're not about sound bites. We want to have real conversations with real people. And our goal is to raise voices, big and small, all around the world, from those diagnosed to families, to people who care and serve for them, um, and then advocates and researchers. And you can call in today and join the conversation if you'd like at 323-870-4602. That's uh, 323-870-4602. I also want to thank you, our listeners, because you guys have done so much to spread the word of our work here, and I truly, truly um, appreciate that more than you'll ever know. Your likes, your clicks, and shares have have just broadened our bandwidth of people knowing who we are and what we do, and by doing that, you are helping build that sense of community, that collaboration, that comfort that we all need to win this battle against dementia. Now, today we are going to be having a conversation with an author who wrote the children's book, um, which is um, just a wonderful, wonderful book called A Doll for Grandma. And I will introduce you to Paulette Sharkey uh, shortly, but I want to give a couple of shout outs. Uh, First to the Memory Cafe directory. I adore them. They have pulled together, um, I believe it's over 900 Um, cafes here in the U.S. now, really easy to find on their directory. And they also have what they call Cafe Connect, which is listing the virtual memory cafes that are, that are, you know, going live via Zoom and different platforms. So you can participate in those. They don't have to be in your backyard anymore, which is wonderful. I also want to give a shout out to Coral Health, that's C-O-R-O, health because they have really stepped in to to help fight this battle with COVID and the social distancing that's going on. And it's offering their streaming services for Music First and Coral Health free. So just uh, Google uh, Coral Health 
and uh, you can go ahead and download those apps. Again, it's Music First and Coral Faith for free. They're they're just wonderful. And last, I'm going to just give a shout out to Barbara Lee Friedman from um, Music Memories Minnesota. We just did another sing along with hers that is posted. It's on our YouTube channel, on our blog, etc. So there are now four of those out there. We also have archived um, many of our dementia chats, which is where I facilitate a conversation with people living with dementia. We cover a variety of topics as well as dementia quick tips. So you definitely want to check out Alzheimer's Speaks and um, and maybe subscribe um, not only just to the radio show, uh, but to the YouTube channel as well to get more information. And as you uh, most all know, all of our shows here are archived as well, and we've been doing this since uh, 2011, so there's a lot of shows out there. So let me go ahead and introduce you to Paulette Sharkey. She is a writer and a pianist who performs in assisted livings and memory care facilities in her community. Her writing has appeared um, in Parenting and Children's Magazine, <clears throat> Excuse me, and she recently published her first children's book, which is called A Doll for Grandma, a story about Alzheimer's. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful book that is illustrated by uh, Samantha Wu with Beaming Books and uh, just hit the presses out there. I believe it was uh, this May. And so I am so, like I said, I'm so excited to have Paulette Sharkey with us. How are you doing, Paulette? Great. Thanks so much for having me today. Well, I I always ask all of my guests if they've been personally touched by dementia in their own uh, circle of friends or family. But I also want to ask if you've been touched in that circle uh, of friends or family by COVID as well, because those are kind of the two hot buttons right now. Uh, by Alzheimer's, yes. By COVID, no, thankfully not yet. But my husband and I have been self-isolating since early March, so we're not taking any chances. Well, that's good. I have been too. I was uh, I was out seeking in New Jersey, in, uh, and I'll probably never forget that date, March 12th, when I was coming uh-huh. home, and, and boy, did things things change, and little did I know I was leaving the hotbed when I was on yeah. my way home, and so yeah, I self-isolated, and I've I stayed pretty much in lockdown most of the time. I'll venture out to the store every now and then, but I have broken my rule of online shopping now. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I'm having a lot of things delivered these days and um, doing doing much more online than what I felt comfortable with prior. Yes, well, that's well, the time to do it. Yeah. I, of course, have not been able to play the piano in any of the memory care or assistive living facilities where I had been for about 15 years. Um, and I do intend to go back, but they're all closed right now to visitors. Oh, yeah. Have you ever thought about doing like a Zoom, like a video? I haven't. I, I think that would be pretty difficult for them to do in the homes. But um, if this goes on for many for the rest of the summer, I would possibly consider that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like I said, I, in my intro, I've done um, four now with a musician here, a guitarist who sings and and things and um, plays her guitar, and, and people have really enjoyed those mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. So, yeah, you just you never know. Music is so so powerful. Well, it let's, is. Let's, yeah, let's get to talking about your book, A Doll for Grandma. Um, first, I want to ask, where did the concept come from, and 
How did you pick the title? Uh, I'll tell you where the concept came from first. It, it came through the piano. Um, the whole idea to write the book came through the piano. Uh, I had read about 15 years ago, I read that music is a very powerful way to connect with people who have Alzheimer's, that the musical memories are held in a part of the brain that's often not damaged by Alzheimer's. So I started to, I decided I would go out and play the piano for residents of memory care homes and see if that was true. And the results were absolutely astounding. Um, people who couldn't recognize family and friends would respond to the music. Uh, people who could no longer speak could actually sing the songs that I selected, as long as they were songs that they had an emotional connection to. So I played a lot of songs from their youth, from World War II era. Um, and during that time, I did observe women uh, holding babies. And that is where the idea of a doll for grandma came from. It brings a lot of comfort. That, of course, it's doll therapy, but I don't use the term doll therapy in the book. Um, it's a very comforting thing, and it gives people with Alzheimer's a feeling that they, that they matter, that they, they have a role to play. Also, when my mother was in the last few days of her life living in a hospice facility, she was interested in holding babies, and she she mimed a lot of caring for her own children when they were babies. So I could see the, the comfort that this brought, and that's where the idea came from. Okay. Yeah, I know there are so many people that don't understand the whole concept of doll therapy and the yeah. comfort that it can give some in I know even my brothers, you know, my mom had dementia for 30 years. Um, it was such a big pushback. They were like, you know, she's an adult, you know, that's belittling. Yeah. And it's like, you know, to me, something's not belittling if it's giving comfort. You know, that's if, it's right. giving comfort right. if it's giving comfort to somebody else and if we are really going to be person-centered or relationship-based in our care efforts, well, then it needs to be about them and it doesn't need to be about our discomfort with understanding it, you know, if we don't want to dive dive deeper in that. Um, how would you describe the book to to our audience? If, if someone were to ask, what's it about? Yeah, uh, it's about finding ways to stay close to people that we love when Alzheimer's and other kinds of dementia changes them. It's about kindness. It's about empathy. It's about accepting people as they are. It's a traditional picture book of 32 pages. That's a traditional length of a picture book. I'd say it's for about ages four to eight. I wrote the text, and as you mentioned in the intro, an artist named Samantha Wu um, drew the illustrations. Uh, the plot, I'll tell you a little bit about the plot right now. Um, a little girl named Kira and her grandma have a very close relationship, and then Kira notices that grandma is putting her keys in the refrigerator, for example, or she's knitting hats that are too small to fit anyone's head. Uh, and then Grandma has to move in a, into a memory care home, and Kira finds that the old ways that they used to play together don't work anymore. So she pays very close attention to Grandma. She watches what Grandma does. She listens to what Grandma says, and she comes up with an idea of a way that they can play together, and that is by giving Grandma a doll, and then they take care of their babies together. You know, it's beautifully written and um, illustrated, and I think it's just a, 
a, a wonderful piece because like you said, it does, it does talk about the goodness, the empathy, the kindness, the acceptance. And I think sometimes we overlook the ability of children to be able to just be so fluid where uh, us as adults, mm-hmm. I think we have learned this right or wrong path and we yeah. are, and we are used to eyes peering at us and what are they going to think? And kids are like, you know, well, forget that. I just want someone to play with, yeah. you know, I want, I want someone yeah. to have fun with. And, and they just keep it very simple in mm-hmm. terms of what it is they're doing. I, um, when I've told this story a couple of times, but I think it's just kind of apropos for what we're talking about. When my daughter was in kindergarten, the kindergarten teacher said, oh, your daughter, you know, she's just such a good kid, so kind and helpful. And I, you know, Tom and I asked, well, well why do you say that? And she said, well, you know, that we have a little boy in a wheelchair and she's right there to help him get around and organize his stuff. And there's another um, child that's a little bit slower and she is so patient and she sits and kind of guides her if she's having problems. And yeah. she's like, she's just incredible. And she's going on and on and on. And I just remember looking at her going, she's not special. <laughs> she, she has not been taught to look at these children any differently than she looks at anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's nat- she comes did, naturally. Yeah. She, you know, and I think, I, I think so often we forget what we've modeled to our children and what they're picking up and how we change as we get older. You know, we get a little more paranoid of, of people peeking in at us and, and yeah, things. Yeah, what will they think? Yeah. yeah. And, and that word modeling is, is something that I use a lot, of, a lot of when I talk about my book because the main character, the little girl named Kira, models for children how to best interact, and for grown-ups too, how to best interact with people who have dementia by embracing their view of reality, not trying to correct them, not trying to change them, not trying to bring them back into our world, but joining them in their world with their altered sense of reality that's in their head. Um, and Kira does that, and that's how she's able to bring Grandma moments of real happiness. We can still do that. Yeah, yeah, and and she's satisfied. Grandma's satisfied, and I do. I think kids are such wonderful teachers, just mm-hmm. such you know, they see things in a whole different light, and um, and I think that they can teach us as adults to look at the world different. And, you know, when I was reading the book, I was just, like, so grateful that, that mom was there, family was there to kind of support her in in doing this doll therapy, you know, which is really yeah. just play. And, you know, because sometimes families do get in the way of, of stopping that, like like my family, um, you know, just didn't understand it, didn't want to understand it, didn't want to go there. I mean, mm-hmm. they were still feeling so much pain, n- not so much for my mom, but for themselves, for the loss they were feeling. And, yeah. um, and you know, that really has to be, has to be weighed out. Um, can you, um, are you comfortable giving a couple more examples of the book in terms of, of how Akira um, kind of change things or what she observed and, and how to, you know, how to make a difference and how to still be able to play with grandma and have fun. Yeah. Um, I wanted to show not just confusion and memory loss, which is, is always shown when, when people write about Alzheimer's, but I wanted to show other physical and behavioral symptoms. So I show grandma being sad and Kira, um, 
initially being confused and then finding out that there are ways that she can can um, bring grandma out of that or join her in her sadness and and accept that that's how grandma feels um, there's fidgeting she observes grandma fidgeting which is a lot of people with alzheimer's as you know fidget difficulties walking grandma has to go from driving a little sports car before dementia she and grandma used to go around in grandma's little convertible um, to now grandma is in a wheelchair so difficulties walking is another thing that i show um, there's a line in the book that uh, a scene where grandma tells Kira that she had fried mosquitoes and a cup of hot tea for lunch. And this is actually a line that was spoken by a friend's grandma of my a friend of mine went to visit his grandma in memory care and that's how she greeted him. She told him what she had had lunch that day. And he thought it was the most ridiculous thing my friend did. Now in the book, Kira right away enters grandma's world and says, "Was it good?" And Grandma then was able to say, delicious. So Grandma then has a little happy moment with Kira, all because Kira decided to not correct Grandma and say, oh, you wouldn't have had that for lunch. Exactly. And that's typically what we we do as adults. It is. It is. We we naturally do that. But kids are better at making believe. Well, they are. And the, the one thing I think that adults can really learn is, you know, write those things down, you know, those little isms, you know, grandma isms or, you know, whatever it is, because as you grow and learn through this disease, they'll put a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you won't be scringing and you won't be afraid of it anymore. It's Once you accept it, um, there's just a whole, there's a whole different level of I think love and, uh, you know, kind of that unconditional love that we have for one another. And it's those goofy little things that kind of melt our hearts, you Mm -hmm. know, as things, as things progress, you know, my mom, um, I mean, there's tons of them. When I go out and speak, I have all kinds of different stories about things and, you know, I get people laughing and crying and, and I think it's okay for people to feel uncomfortable, but then what do you do with it? Yeah. Then well, how do you change it? Yeah, and and um, you mentioned frightened. People are frightened. I, I uh, made a real effort to show the, the majority of the book is set in, in memory care, and I wanted to do that so that visits could be less frightening to children, to show a little bit about what goes on in a memory care setting, how there are therapy dogs that come and how there's music um, and so they can prepare. Parents can use the book to help the kids prepare, or the kids can just see for themselves that this is just where people live and they do normal things that are that can be fun, and they mm-hmm. can have a visit without being afraid. Exactly, and I think that that's a wonderful um, a, a wonderful way to to teach kids. I, I, you know, it it didn't feel like some books. Um, sometimes can feel a little heavy or disappointing. And I think with children's books, you know, they usually put a smile on our face. And, and, and they, like I said, they teach us all, not just the kids. And sometimes a child's book is a good thing to purchase a family to help an adult more than a child. Yeah. And, and I did try to make an uplift, try to write an uplifting book. People have told me I succeeded pretty well. They say they laugh and they cry <laughs> when they read it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
because the, the most important or one of the most important things to me is to show the joy that's still possible. The Alzheimer steals a lot of things, but you, the person is left with the ability to love and the ability to feel love and feel happiness. And so that's what we can concentrate on rather than the mm-hmm. loss. Yep, exactly, exactly. What were some of the challenges that you came across writing a children's book? Because I've, I've heard that they are more challenging to write and to distribute. They are. As far as the writing goes, um, first of all, picture books today tend to be very short. 500 words or less is the norm. And so mine, mine comes in just under the 500. That's a challenge. Every word has to count. It's also a challenge to find child-appropriate language to explain a complex topic like Alzheimer's disease. Um, and I, here's an example of a line from the, the book to see how I feel that I did that. Uh, when Kira is uh, noticing Grandma doing things like putting her keys in the fridge or knitting the hats that are too small for anybody's head, she goes to her mom which I think is also a good lesson right there, that you can talk about this. Children can talk about this, their concerns with adults. And her mom explains Alzheimer's to her this way. She says, Grandma's brain is forgetting how to remember. And I've had a lot of people say that that really worked with children. They could identify with that. They could understand that line. Yep. Yeah, and and that is so important. And like you said, it is tough. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you're writing to adults, it's tough. But then when you have to, like, really squeeze it down, it's kind, yeah. of like a, kind of like a speaker who normally talks for an hour, and they're like, okay, you got 15 minutes. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes, and not just the, the difficulty of writing it, then comes the difficulty of trying to find a publisher. And uh, Alzheimer's is a subject that publishers still seem to think appeals to a very narrow audience. Now, I don't agree with that. I think that my story is essentially about love so that it can work in a much broader context. Um, But I was able to find my publisher, Beaming Books. It's a small Minneapolis-based company. And their motto is that they publish books to help kids thrive emotionally, socially, and spiritually. So Mm -hmm. my book fit their focus. And I uh, was offered the contract as a result of a contest that I submitted the manuscript to in 2017. I didn't win the contest, but they held on to my manuscript and apparently continued thinking about it and talking about it because about a year later, in October of 2018, I was in Alaska awaiting the birth of my first grandchild, my grandson, and I got an email with an offer to publish. So two very exciting things to happen at the same time. Yeah. My first grandchild I... and my first book. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and one more um, challenge I can mention that's very timely is I would not suggest that people have a book released during COVID-19. <laughs> the, book, <laughs> the official book was released, the official book release date was May 5th. So people were and are very distracted. It's hard to get people's attention. Um, schools are clo- were closed. Libraries and bookstores are still closed. Um, summer book fairs have been canceled, and that's where publishers traditionally will show off their new titles to librarians and booksellers. Um, none of that's going to happen. So it, it, I have to work harder to reach my, my audience. Okay. Well, I will connect you with a couple of uh, libraries because the libraries, many of them are going dementia-friendly now. 
So here where I live in um, Minnesota, in uh, in the Roseville area, and Roseville, Shoreview, and Maplewood are, you know, doing some things. They have what they call memory minder kits. And oh. so they're, they're including different things. And up in Alexandria, I want to say it's Alexandria, um, they just got a grant for, oh, my gosh, I want to say it was like oh, close to $90,000. And they are um, putting uh, dementia resources areas in every single one of their, their libraries in the county up there. That's and so fantastic. this is, yeah, so this is really a growing concept. And so I think it's just getting you introduced to a couple people who maybe are active in that that'll help. Um, yeah. The other um, might be, um, are you familiar with all's authors at all? Yes, I, I will be part of them once I have my, my blog post is um, written, but not yet posted. They're, they're booked until September. So once I appear there, I can be officially an all's author. Okay, wonderful. Because they, they've just done an incredible incredible yeah. job and have wonderful resources and and things uh there um so for listeners that's a that's another great resource for you but you know and, and people listening talk to your libraries you know leave them a message drop them an email if you can't go in and, and let them know this is a need i know um for some libraries i've heard that they are still doing um pickups you can order books and you can you can exchange them you know, kind of on a drop-off basis. And like I said, with with ours and uh, Alexandra's here in Minnesota, um, they actually have kits made up just for that that have a little bit of everything in them. So, so that's kind of a neat, neat, neat concept that, yeah, that I think that, would be. Yeah, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if all libraries do it. I think most do. My library allows me to go online and request that they purchase a particular book. So that would be very helpful if your listeners would do that for adult for grandma and the library mm-hmm. of course doesn't buy everything that's suggested but it makes them aware of something that there's interest in and they'll consider it yeah well and they have always you know in the past really worked more with um, books that have gone through a publisher versus self-publishing just because yes. of grammar and all of that stuff but but with more and more books um being self-published and fewer books going through actual publishers, I think that's given them a little run for their money too. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm trying to, trying to figure out that process. So your book has gone through an official publisher, which is a, yeah. a rare and uh, mighty feat that you you attained there. <laughs> it felt so, like it, yes. Yeah. yeah. So well, what area are you in again? I can't remember, Paulette. I'm in East Lansing, Michigan. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm trying to think if I knew. I mean, there's definitely um, some dementia-friendly groups around there, too. Um, Tapping into uh, AAA might not be a bad idea for you either because they're kind of heading up the Dementia-Friendly America um, groups that are out there. And then, um, but there's, there's a lot of grassroots groups out there. To um, like I'm involved with in, in Minnesota. Cindy Lesinski has one in Northern Colorado. I mean, they're just they're all over the place. Yeah, um, that's so, great ideas. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think, um, and a lot of times people are looking for someone to come and speak or do readings as well. Um, which is one thing I wanted to mention too is you your publisher has given you permission to do a video read for people yeah. as well. 
Yes, and it's really a limited nice. time. It's it's during the COVID nineteen um, crisis, and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of publishers are doing this. Uh, it started out as a way for people to have additional materials for homeschooling, and now they're letting these be available through the summer as well. So if people are interested in that, they can go to YouTube, youtube.com, and just uh, the easiest way to be, would be to just search my name, Paulette Sharkey, and it'll come up with my, my channel, and it just has the one one thing on my channel, which is a video reading of Adolf for Grandma. You can see the illustrations. You can hear me reading it in its entirety, and then that will give people a better idea whether they'd like to purchase it. If they would like to purchase it, it just this week became available in a Kindle edition as well as the print, and it can be purchased on Amazon. It can be purchased at any independent bookstore, uh, Barnes & Noble. Wonderful. And I do have that link on both the radio page as well as the blog pages for people to be able to click on versus even having to, to go to YouTube um, you should, along with, um, you know, to purchase the book. And I've got your, your website and your, your Twitter, Twitter handle there as okay. well. But, um, you know, and kids, um, a lot of times, you know, I have, I have a granddaughter who's five and nine and I mean, we read books more than once. So just because, you know, they've listened to the book with you reading, it doesn't mean that it's not valid to be read again. And, oh, you know, yeah. and everybody puts their own inflection in on some of those things. And, and that's one thing that I've been having a lot of fun with my nine-year-old granddaughter is I really do a lot of inflection with my voice. And now she's reading to her little oh. sister with inflection. And it just makes it so much more fun. You know, oh, when you get a little get a, get a little attitude in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you do voices and accents and things. Are you saying, mm-hmm. or just? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I'll yeah. mention too that there's a page at the end of the book uh, that is called "Helping Children Understand Alzheimer's Disease." It's a page for parents, written by Alz author Judy Cornish, who's the founder of of Dawn Dementia and Alzheimer's mm-hmm. Wellbeing Network. I'm sure you know. Uh, oh, yeah. And she's really done a beautiful job. That's um, on one of the end papers in, in the book. So a special page for parents there. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, are you thinking of writing any more children's books or in the future? I'm thinking of writing more children's books. I don't have anything Alzheimer's-related going at this point. I um, have drafted two children's books. One is a picture book biography of uh, a 19th century pianist named Clara Schumann. And the other is a picture book about a little boy who had an experience, has an experience that I had when I was a little girl and playing the piano at my dreaded recitals where we had to play from memory. And in front of the whole audience, I forgot the notes. And this happens to the, the little boy in the story, although he solves the problem in a much more creative way than I did. I just cried, but he comes up with <laughs> something that's actually useful and he's able to get back into his piece and finish his recital successfully. Oh, nice. And I mean, those are real life situations, you know, um, just like with the the doll for grandma. I mean, those are uh-huh. real life, you know, situations. And if we can, you know, empower children to deal with the situation maybe a little bit differently um, that would be great. I'm sure there'll be a lot coming out over just all the rioting and protesting and civil unrest right now, um, teaching kids in terms of how do you even talk about what's going on in our in our own world. And I think I think as adults we have to open up and um, 
stop trying to protect or hide, you know, reality. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very important. I used to go into the schools and do and, and talk about dementia, and I and I was mostly talking to older kids in junior high and high school. But I was shocked. I mean, I was literally shocked how many were caring for a loved one, you know, an aunt and uncle, a grandma, a grandpa, a mom or dad, in their own home with dementia. And, wow. you know, they, they talked about their struggles because nobody really wanted to talk about it. They were, they were asked to maybe take a shift, you know, if, if mom and dad were working and between them coming home from school or whatever. Um, but they knew that the family dynamics had changed. And, you know, even young kids realize, you know, like, like Kara in your story, she realizes there's a shift, there's a change, and she wants to help. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she still wants a relationship with her grandma. She still loves her grandma. So let's see what else would work, and she she figures it out. Yeah, and I think sometimes we push kids away, and by trying to protect them because we're scared, and mm-hmm. they have great ideas that can help us as adults um, and can help the person with dementia, and you know, really makes everybody a better person for really yes, and- um, understanding. And people love so much to have kids visit. It's it's too bad that parents feel like, oh, it's going to be frightening to the child. It's going to be upsetting to people or to the, the child, him or herself. It's just the opposite. And that was, again, why I wanted to show the memory care setting in the book, so that it wouldn't be a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very uplifting. And, you know, so much we hear from people, you know, these days is we don't have empathy. We need more kindness. We need to be more accepting. And these are, these are, you know, soft skills that I think sometimes people overlook that are just so critical to, to civilization, to our humanity, to our communities and our families at large in terms of how to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. That's, that's a, a skill that we all need. Yeah, how do we live in, in shared space and and have that be dignified for everybody? Really, really important stuff. So, again, I, I thank you so much for, for um, writing the book and being persistent. And I'm thrilled that you got a publisher for it. I, I just, I think this is so, so needed. I've had a book in me forever, and I haven't... Uh, I haven't really pursued it, and it's a children's book as well, because I, I truly believe kids will teach us so much more. And, and even when you look at, you know, a doll for grandma, it, it, you know, like you said earlier, this isn't just about Alzheimer's. This is about being better people in yeah. any situation. And just because we're using that story as a teaching tool doesn't mean it can't be applied to something else in life. And That's so right. sometimes... Sometimes I think people get a little narrow-minded um, uh-huh. with, with publishers. Yeah. yeah, and and they really have to have a broader stance in terms of, you know, this is just a good thing overall, you know, mm-hmm. for 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 all of us there. Um, what do you what do you hope that that children and adults take away from from your book? I think the most important lesson to me is that the people that we love are still there. They can still feel love. They can still love us back, um, can still be happy. So be in the moment with them. Help them experience happiness. 
And the second thing I'd like people to take away is the way Kira models that best way of, of being with people who have Alzheimer's, and that is by embracing their altered sense of reality rather than correcting them and bringing them back into, into our world. Um, and that's what, she, what Kira did when she and Grandma cared for their babies together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and actually it's a perfect match because kids play with their babies all the time in a different reality. We don't judge them. We think that's normal. That's right. They're, they're very good at, <laughs> at uh, playing make-believe. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed in the illustrations to the book that Kira's doll is there from the beginning. It's a mm-hmm. through line. And then Grandma has her doll, and then in the several last scenes, um, then they're taking care of their babies together, doing some of the activities that they, they did before, um, having a picnic where they eat molasses cookies made from the old recipe from, from uh, Grandma's mother. Um, again, a real-life thing in my case. We have an old family molasses cookie recipe that, that my grandma made, and then I made with my daughter, and now she makes with her little boy. Hmm. How fun. How fun. Yeah. And those those things are just precious. Those are moments that you just don't forget. You know, they're just they're they're glued in there and it really doesn't make any difference if the person with dementia goes back in time to, to reach into a memory when they were young. It's still a happy moment, a happy thought. And no one's getting hurt. People are engaged and they're enjoying the moment, even if they're pulling from different threads. It doesn't make any difference. No, and and that was what I was shown by my my years of playing the piano as a volunteer, something I'm still doing, uh, was that if you play the right kind of music, that that people can access these great moments of moments of great emotional um, happiness, great happiness. These very emotional things that have happened in their life. I play a lot of World War II era songs. That's the music of, of a lot of their youth. And they really respond to that. People who, you know, are brought to the piano lady event. They call me the piano lady. So the piano lady comes to play, and people are wheeled in, and some of them are slumped over, and you don't even know if they're awake. And I start playing a song that has meaning to them, and they're lifting up their head and singing and being animated. It's it's miraculous, really, what music does. Yeah, yeah they they become totally engaged. I've seen that. Uh-huh. I have um. I actually have some videos of my mom with a, um, well, actually it's with Barbara Lee Friedman. And oh. um, she, you know, my mom was in her end stages. You know, she used to be in the choir at church and she loved to sing. And and you see her in bed and half the time she's sleeping, but then she wakes up and she gets this huge smile on her face and her, you know, oh. dimples you can see and the, the twinkle in her eye and her, her giggle. And you, can just, you know, and her hands start going, and her toes start wiggling, and you know, it, it that is, you know, to me, that is just pure joy, just yeah. pure joy. And then she'd get exhausted, and she'd fall asleep again, and then she'd wake back up and come alive again. And you know, she could say some of the words, not all of them, but she yeah. could, you know, still, um, she still knew what a beat was and, and how that made her feel. You know, for the music and stuff. I, I mean, it's it's very, uh, very important, and we can we can muster that up not just through music, but through connections like your character, uh, Kira, is showing us. You know, to to really be able to find that pure, innocent spot. 
where Judge Finkel is out the window and it's total unconditional love and acceptance and and just kindness together. Yes, Um, and being in the moment, yes. Yes, feeling that sense of connectivity that so many, um, even through this COVID, are really, I think they're having a, a... bigger look at oh my gosh what it likes what it feels like to be alone and yeah. and be be isolated so i think that's kind of been an awakening for many families as well um mm-hmm. that cuz they're they're feeling the pain and the anxiousness of somebody you know not being able to be around somebody they want to when they want to yeah. and 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 so i think that's a whole different uh, view out the window <laughs> when people yeah, are looking. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the pictures of people who, who go to the window if they're lucky and have enough to have a loved one on the main floor of the facility and they have visits yep. through the window. Yeah, yeah, I love those, uh, what are they, the, the cuddle cuddle wraps or something, the plastic. Oh, yeah, made out of plastic, yeah. And, it, and it's just like, oh, what a great idea, you know, that yeah. is. But, you know, you can't use it over and over because, you know, it's got to be disinfected and and things that makes it a little trickier, but I, I'm thinking, wow, talk about uh, ingenuity, uh, yeah. finest with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is is there anything else that you want to share um, that we didn't cover regarding your book or your story or or where you where you want things to go from here? Well, I would like people to know. Uh, that they can contact me easily. I, I think you've put my Twitter. Uh, handle there. I also have a website, as you mentioned, paulettsharkey.com. You might enjoy reading a little bit more about me. There's interesting little tidbits about me personally there and uh, links to some of the other interviews that I have done about the book. And there's a contact button. That's a very easy way to get in touch with me. I'll see those emails right away if you had any any questions about that, about the book or anything else about the the writing that I'm doing. And I also would like to mention that I am donating all my author proceeds to support Alzheimer's research, both the advance that I got and all of the the royalties that will come to me. So I hope that's a little extra incentive for people to consider buying a doll for grandma. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, do you have a specific organization or you're just going to wait and see where it's, I mean, there's so many to choose from these days. So. Yeah. The, the two large checks, well, they aren't large, but the two main checks that I've gotten so far for the advances, um, I have donated to Alzheimer's Association and earmarked them for research. Um, the royalties, when I start getting, when I pay out and start getting royalties, I'm going to think um, a little bit more about what else I can do. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, that's that's great to hear, and um, that'll mean a lot to to many people, you know, how you're, how you're looking at things and, and where those funds are going. So Lord knows we need the help. Um, yes, the research. That's, for sure. that's for sure. So again, you can go to uh, Paulette Sharkey's website at paulettesharkey.com. That's P-A-L, I'm sorry, no, it's not. It's P-A-U-L-E-T-T-E for Paulette and then Sharkey, S-H-A-R, K-E-Y dot com. And then on Twitter, she is P.B. Sharkey. And the video um, link is there, um, either on the radio page or um, on the blog. And then you can also purchase the book really through any of your local stores or go through Amazon. Or can they purchase directly through you on your website as well? 
No, they can't. But if they go to the website, there are links to all the places that they can purchase it. So it's an easy place to start. Okay. And um, can they purchase directly through the publisher, or there they you know some do, and then some prefer to have you go to Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Okay. No, they can produce. They can. buy it through Beaming Books, and right now they are running a, a free shipping offer. So that's another option for people, ordering directly okay. from Beaming Books. And that's a simple find on the Internet. It's just beamingbooks.com. Okay, wonderful. Well, that is that is great to know. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, A, write the book and pull this <laughs> all together. I know that um, that's a long process. In fact, I should ask you how long from start to finish did it take you to you know, start with the concept and then uh, find somebody to publish it and, and then actually finish it all. Well, the actual writing began in 2016, but I'd been thinking about it for a decade before that because I've been playing the piano now and interacting with people with Alzheimer's for about 15 years. Um, so I wrote the text of the book in 2016. I submitted it to the Beaming Books Contest in 2017 end of 2018, I received the offer to publish, and it was published May 5th of 2020. Okay. Not as long a process as many people go through. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's a long process. Uh (laughs) People people think, I'll just spit this out in, you know, three, four months. No, not so much. It doesn't work (laughs) that way. No, no, not at all, but it was well well worth the wait. Um, I can say that. So, so again, thank you so much. And um, for our listeners, again, I hope that you will like, click, and share this episode like you have uh, so many of our other shows and help spread the word. And if you know of maybe some organizations that might be interested in these books, maybe maybe you're involved with a dementia-friendly community or organization um, or even a memory care Um, assisted living sometimes are looking for books like this this is something that you can donate for them to have um, on staff uh, and available you know to their families Uh, um, or you can um, just make a connection you've got all of Paulette's contact information on that would be much appreciated the more we work together the faster the faster it goes and my god we don't want another 10 years before this gets out (laughs) no we don't now that it's here, you know, we want to we want to pick up that pace uh, so that she can make more money so that she can donate uh, to research and, and help that whole process along as well. So, again, thank you so much, Paulette. Really appreciate it. And our listeners, thank you for, for listening. If you have any questions for me, you can get a hold of me at Lori at Alzheimer'sSpeaks.com. That's Lori, L-O-R-I, at Alzheimer's, plural, speaks, plural, Dot com or just go to the website. There's a big contact button in the upper right-hand corner there. You'll find all of our projects and initiatives and all, all kinds of things um, we'd love to be able to help you with. Or maybe maybe you're thinking, hey, I got a story too. And I'd like to be on the show. Uh, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. And so stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk soon, everybody. Bye now. Thank you. Thank you.
Well, hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.